see you all here welcome and um, we are being recorded um, uh, I don't think people will be watching live but it's it's so that people who who want to can look at it later so just behave yourselves if you would you know so, uh, but you're very welcome and uh, notices I haven't been given any notices so um, I think we're relieved of that bit today, except that I wanted to say, if you read the news sheet last week, the, the fortnightly news sheet, you'll notice we're trying to set up a, a prayer group for Jeanette to support her, she's our children and families worker, to support her in the work that she's doing um, in the schools, uh, in, in the church, in the sunbeams, in the children's work. So uh, if you'd like to join that group, please let me know. Um, there are no meetings involved. It's about us circulating information to you so that you can uh, commit to pray at home for the work of Jeanette. So if you'd like to be involved in that, please let me know afterwards. And I'm delighted to say that I've, I've already had four from the first service, so that's, that's good news. But uh, there are no other notices unless anybody's got anything desperate they want to say. No, that's fine, good. Well, I don't know what you've come from, whether you've rushed here, uh, uh, been tricky getting up this morning whether you've got things in the family or in your life that are just on your mind at the moment 
I would suggest that we just quieten ourselves, remind ourselves that we come into God's presence and let go of all those other things that uh, are pressing on us and commit ourselves to be here, be present for God, to offer him our worship and to hear his voice. And we're going to sing. This is a sort of prayer which we tell God that we really want to know his presence with us this morning. Remain seated as we sing. It's the song in um, To Be in Your Presence, Aidan. Lovely, thank you. as we come into his presence, what we recognize, of course, is that he is holy and righteous and we are not. And so the first thing that we should really do is deal with all the stuff in the week that um, hasn't really been honoring to God and the way that we live for him. And so we're going to take a few moments now, think through the week. What have I said that's been unkind? What have I said that's been untrue? When have I just thought of myself and not others? When have I thought only to serve my own ends and not thinking of others and their needs? And so we gather all those things as we say together the words of the confession that are coming on the screen. God our Father, we come to you in sorrow for our sins, for turning away from you and ignoring your will for our lives. Father, forgive us for behaving just as we wish without thinking of you Father, forgive us for failing you by what we do and think and say. Father, forgive us for letting ourselves be drawn away from you by temptations in the world about us. Father, forgive us for living as if we were ashamed to belong to your Son. Father, forgive us Father, save us and help us. Amen. And we have the confidence of God's word that tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us and cleanse us from every kind of wrong. And so with all that stuff out of the way, we come with, the, with clear hearts to worship our God. And our first song reminds us of how great our God is. Who can know the mind of our creator? Speaks of the creator who made all these wonderful things that we see around us. 
and uh, when we consider who he is and all that he has done, then we stand in awe of him. Let's stand and worship God in this lovely song. we also know that he is the God who saves and uh, we move on in our thoughts to think of Jesus the one who came to save us and these lovely words which sum up who Jesus is from Colossians the son is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation for in him all things were created things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible <coughs> Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And so it is that Jesus is the name we honour. We sing this lovely song to worship our Saviour Jesus.
Please be seated. Now the young people, if you consider yourself young at heart, then the young people are about to leave us now. They're going out with Joan and Ian. Lovely, make your way. Excellent. Here we go, just a few more. Let's just pray for them as they go. Father, we thank you for all these lovely young lives. And we pray that as they go to their particular group now, that you would bless them, give them uh, uh, great joy in learning about you. And we ask that uh, what they hear today may be a blessing to them through their whole lives. We ask this blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen. And now uh, Chris is going to come and do our reading. And I was thinking Chris Parry might suddenly prick his ears up. But he knew it wasn't him. So. The reading for today is taken from Mark, chapter 14, verses 32 to 37. Jesus predicts Peter's denial in the Garden of Gethsemane. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground, and prayed that, if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Chris. Now, uh, uh, Ursula is going to come and uh, give us God's word this morning. Let's just pray for her. Father, thank you for Ursula. Thank you for the time that she spent with you preparing for this morning. And as uh, you have given her words to say, we pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive your message to us. Bless her now as she speaks. May she speak in the power of the Spirit to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, John. Good morning, everyone. So uh, this morning we're continuing in our series, um, Unanswered Prayer, based, uh, which is taken from the book by Pete Grieg. Greg? Grieg. Grieg. Um, we were not created for suffering. We were not created for pain. When God created us, it was to live in a garden, to enjoy his companionship as he walked with us in his garden. But then the unthinkable happened. Sin entered the perfect world. We were excluded from the garden that was created for us to live in and sent in exile into a world of sin and shame, of pain and suffering, of grief and loss, and the lives of humanity became poor shadows of what they were supposed to be. So is it any wonder then that when pain and suffering come upon us, our whole being cries out, no, no, I don't want this. I don't want to walk this unbearable path. I can't walk this path. It's too hard. I can't bear it. I don't want to watch those I love 
tread those steps of suffering and I don't want to live in a world that endures such darkness. And then comes another garden. This time it's one that we can still visit today. A garden that in two, that 2,000 years ago a man cried out in pain and suffering in to his heavenly father. I don't want this unbearable path, he cries. The torment caused him to sweat drops of blood and he walked this path alone as his disciples slept. Jesus looked at the road ahead and cried out, take this away. The New Testament records instances of God speaking from heaven and we hear God say, this is my son. But although Luke tells us that an angel appeared to strengthen Jesus as he came close to death in Gethsemane, nowhere do we read that God spoke in response to Jesus' prayers. Here, in this passage, as Jesus suffers to the extremity of what is possible and stay alive, God, his Abba, his Father, is silent. And what of us, created to enjoy close companionship with God, God who would stroll with humanity in the Garden of Eden, humanity now experiencing the pain and torment that sin brought upon our world and upon us? And what of us when we pray, as we suffer, as we cry out to God to intervene, and we hear no response? The miracle we plead for doesn't happen. We question, how am I going to get through this? How can I walk this path of suffering? I don't want to walk the road ahead. It's not a journey I'm buying a ticket for. But how often when we read or hear testimony, it is of a miraculous God who answers prayer. In contrast, how little I think do we hear testimonies of journeying through years of pain or suffering, of seemingly unanswered prayer? Many of us can bear testimony to the fact that we do walk that road though, and that the years can temper those feelings of loss, bewilderment or pain. Pete Gregg in the video that accompanies this series describes the journey he walks through the near-death experience of his wife. He describes the support for that long-haul journey that he needed to draw on to keep on travelling. God-given moments, maybe when he met angels unaware, as Jesus did in Gethsemane. All of us, I suspect, have prayed that same prayer that Jesus prayed in Gethsemane. Father, take this away. Father, heal my friend my loved one, my child. Stop the war, Lord. Stop the killing, the fighting, the bloodshed. Take away this pain, Lord. Stop the suffering, my suffering, my pain. And very occasionally, he does. A miracle happens. But often the uncomfortable truth is that our pleading is met with seeming silence. And we're reminded of that awful torment that Jesus endured in Gethsemane, when God seemed silent in the face of the suffering of his son. As I was reflecting on this passage and our theme today, I couldn't help but remember those times when I have suffered, when the circumstances of life and what had happened were so awful that I can honestly say that I knew what it was to suffer to be in a place where my suffering was so deep that I was speechless in the face of it. Where the suffering called real pain, interspersed by periods of numbness. When I looked at the journey ahead and thought, I cannot bear to walk this road. And I remembered how God had answered prayers in times past 
had miraculously brought healing and help. So Lord, why then and not now, I'd cry. My prayers for God's intervention consumed me until finally, exhausted by praying and seemingly meeting nothing, other emotions emerged, anger, sorrow, despair. It seemed that hope had forsaken me and life felt hopeless. Some years later, I listened to someone tell me she had just finished treatment for cancer. The day her treatment finished, her partner was diagnosed out of the blue with a terminal illness and died just a few weeks later. On the day of his funeral, she was told that her child was dying and just a few weeks later had to arrange another funeral. As I listened to her, I thought, how much pain and suffering can one person endure? Why, Lord? How to pray with her when words seemed so inadequate and trite? So we sat together and wept. And as I wept with her and for her, it touched my own pain and I glimpsed just a little of the suffering she was enduring. What do we do with unanswered prayer? Where are you, God, we cry. What is happening to me, to my loved ones, to my friends, to the world? And of course, the theory is easy. It's because of the events in a garden at the dawn of time. And it's because of a man in a garden some 2,000 years ago saying, not my will but yours, O Lord, that we can find the courage to walk these roads so that hopelessness turns towards hope in these darkest of times. One writer says of our passage from Mark's Gospel, finally, we are reminded of the tremendous power of prayer. Prayer in this text did not deliver our Lord from suffering, but it did deliver him through it. So often we pray that God might get us out of adversity rather than through it. How then do we pray when all seems lost? When the last thing we want to do is pray, when it can seem like an affront to pray to a God who stays silent? The Bible gives us an answer. And here I quote from Michael Card, who wrote many of the worship songs that we sing. Suffering and God. Superficially, they seem mutually exclusive like darkness and light. What does one have to do with the other? How and at what point could they possibly meet? What would be the result if they did? The place where these two inescapable realities meet is in lament. Here the suffering of man for God embraces the suffering of God for man. In lament we surrender our running from the inescapability of suffering and raise the white flag to the ever-present God whom David celebrated, whom Job, whom Job, overwhelmed by the, the ordeal, cried out, I recant and relent being but dust and ashes. The stumbling, exhausted, world-weary place where suffering and God meet is in prayers of lament. God, who is light and life, enters into our suffering and confusion, into our darkness and death. God defeats suffering by surrendering himself to it, he triumphs through exhausting himself against it. Sorry, he triumphs through exhausting himself by drinking the cup dry. The miracle that takes place is salvation. The God from whom we cannot escape uses inescapable suffering to save the world. 
the miracle has taken place once and for all on the cross of Jesus. And yet the miracle occurs again and again at the level of each individual soul whenever we lament and make a place for our unbearable suffering to come together with the inescapable God. Many of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. We hear that Jesus lamented over the fate of Jerusalem. We see glimpses of lament when Jesus weeps. What does it mean to pray prayers of lament? It means praying with total honesty, saying exactly how it is. Pete Craig says this, Lamenting is more than a technique for venting emotion. It's one of the fruits of a deepening spiritual life that has learned to stand naked before God without shame or pretense. It's no hold barred, no holds barred praying. I remember a time when life was so hard and someone gave me a copy of the Footsteps poster. Uh, you know probably the one I mean. It's a single set of footsteps across the sand with a question. Where were you, Lord, in my pain? And the answer, I was the one carrying you. Now, there's an eternal truth in those words. But at that particular moment, that poster to me was an affront. Too much of a challenge to the reality of facing a silent God who was seemingly indifferent to my prayers. So I put the poster in the bin. I need to say here though that it was that my personal experience at that time and I absolutely recognise the help and support that that poster has given to many. My prayers were one of lament, of struggling with the God I had known all my life who seemed no longer there, who was silent. Words of anger, shouting, bargaining, despair were my prayers. Read some of the Psalms of Lament and you'll see the depth of feeling others have used to express their pain. Read the Psalms and stories of Jesus weeping and you'll glimpse what it means to lament. My tears were real and came from such a deep place within that to contemplate a God who carried me in the face of silence was too much to comprehend. But, and now, years later, I thank God that there's a but. Tom Wright says, lament is not our final prayer. It is a prayer in the meantime. Most of the lament psalms end with a vow to praise a promise to return, thanksgiving to God for his deliverance. Because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, we know that sorrow is not how the story ends. The song may be in a minor motif now, but one day it will resolve in a major chord when every tear is wiped away, when death is swallowed up in victory, when heaven and earth are made new and joined as one, when the saints rise in glorious bodies, and then we will sing at last a great hallelujah. Prayers of lament bring us eventually to that place that Jesus got to in Gethsemane. Not my will, but yours, O Lord. There is once again a place of hope, of trust, of healing, of purpose. Although, as Pete Gregg says, that for him and for others, this is a process that can take years. He reminds us that when we are ready to reach out for support, it will be there. Through friends, through prayer, through worship and praise, through the community of believers. In the book, he uses the mnemonic of place, people, prayer, and purpose. There will come a time, and it may be a long road, 
when we can look back over the journey we have travelled and somehow, although there was once silence, we can see the hand of God guiding us, restoring us again to a place of hope, giving purpose to our suffering. Then eventually, we might be able to echo these words of Michael Carr. Jesus chose to be silently cut off from God in the same way that you and I are cut off during these times. And yet, at the same time, it fills us with a hope that is beyond words, that Jesus, even Jesus, in experiencing every part of humanity except for sin, knew what it was like to call out to the Father and hear only the silence of God in response. If this is true of Jesus, then you and I are not and cannot be alone in this frustrating experience ever again. For me, suffering meant years later that I could in some small way empathise, sit and weep with another. Because Jesus suffered, it means that every time we suffer the silence of God, it is an occasion to be brought closer to Jesus. It means that he has chosen to join us in that, in that silence and fill it with his understanding presence. I'm going to end with a, a prayer that's taken from the book. This is my prayer, that though I may not see, I be aware of the silent God who stands by me. That though I may not feel, I be aware of the mighty love which doggedly follows me. That though I may not respond, I be aware that God, my silent, mighty God, waits each day quietly, hopefully, persistently, waits each day and through each night for me, for me alone. Amen. Thank you, Ursula. Thank you for helping us face those moments when God seems silent. We feel abandoned. Thank you for reminding us to share those moments with honesty. Thank you that you've encouraged us to have courage to walk through those times with hope. Thank you for reminding us that we go through lament to praise. Let's take a moment now to just personally reflect and respond.
it might be that what God's been saying this morning has, has struck a particular chord for you as to where you are right now. And if you need someone just to pray with you or talk to uh, Ursula's here, there are others who would do that after the service, if, if that would help. But we're reminded that in, in our times when um, God seems silent, that Jesus knows exactly what we're going through there in the Garden of Tears. And we're going to sing that song now, uh, From Heaven You Came, Help Us Pay. But it reminds us of that very moment in the, in the garden when the Father didn't answer. He seemed to be alone. We stand to sing. people is that we can bring to him the things that are on our hearts and share the needs of others and we're going to do that now and uh, we're going to be prompted by some slides the first one's already there for us uh, each slide will give us a an area for prayer first one global events natural disasters and areas of need and uh, we're going to have a few moments just in quiet to think of the that particular area and the things that are on our heart and then I'll have a, a short prayer and we will just say together uh, let your kingdom come let your will be done and we'll move on to the next area so I'm not dictating what you pray about specifically 
Because very often they, they come and intercessory prayers, don't touch the thing that's on your heart. So you've got the chance today to just bring to God what's on your heart. And so we begin with global events and natural disasters and areas of need. And of course our thoughts turn to Ukraine, especially for the safety and the humanitarian needs of the citizens. But there are other areas where there is conflict. Myanmar, where there's oppressive military rule, destroying the fledgling democracy. Natural disasters like the floods in Australia. Maybe somewhere else in the world that's just on your heart. Let's bring those to God just now. Father, war, oppression, famine, flood, on such a vast scale that we feel helpless. But we know that nothing is too vast for you. And we commit these areas of deprivation and suffering into your care. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And now for our streets, neighbours and communities. This community of Baston Hill, perhaps. Many communities across this nation struggling with poverty and deprivation. Many already facing, uh, very, facing poverty, but facing also large increases in living costs. Anything to do with our streets and neighbours and communities that's on your heart, just bring that to God just now. Father, we commit into your care all those in our own neighbourhood and those across the country who are barely able to afford the basic necessities of life. Bless the work of all those trying to help, especially the food banks and debt counselling. Help us to know how we can help and be generous with all that you have given us. We say, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And now for our young people, for our schools, nurseries and youth workers. Oak Meadow School. Binette and her work in the school and amongst local families. Shrewsbury Youth for Christ. Whatever is on your heart for our young people, bring it to God now. Father, our young people have lost so much in the last two years. Bless the schools as they try to restore what has been lost. Equip and empower Youth for Christ and Jeanette as they seek to bring your love and the knowledge of you to our young people. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And now for our government financial systems and business. Our government and business leaders battling for the effects of the pandemic and the economic implications of the war in Ukraine. So many other issues. What's on your heart for our government and our business community? Bring it to the Lord just now. Father, our leaders in both government and business face huge problems, several all at the same time. Give wisdom and discernment in all their decision making. 
Grant them compassion that they might have a heart for those most in need. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And finally, for the lonely, the hurting, the desperate, anyone you know, friend, family or neighbour, who is struggling just now. as we've named them before you. Father, we know that these hurting or needy people that we love are loved by you even more. We commit them now into your care, asking that you bless them with all that you know is best. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And the young people are ready to rejoin us. Here they come. Are they coming? Yes, they are coming. They're coming up front, are they? You're coming up front. Come up front. That's wonderful. Good. And Ian's grabbing a microphone and he's going to tell us what's been going. Have you had fun? You've had fun some nods and some interesting things that I can see you're bringing to us. Ian. Um, good morning, everyone. What we did today at Children's Club, we talked about how much God loves us, and he loves us by giving us different things which we all like, and which we all enjoy, and we wrote down some of the things which we liked. You okay to hold up those, those little hearts? Hold your hearts up. And we talked about how some of us like football, and how some of us like dancing and some of us like drawing and this week we promised to parents you've got to make sure this happens but how we will use those gifts to bless others this week so if you like drawing how you could use that gift to draw a really nice picture for your mum and dad if you like dancing you could maybe just do a little dance for your school friends or at home and if you like playing football I remember when I was at school and you'd be there in the playgrounds, wondering what to do, you could use that gift and say, I know what, show me how to game of football. Or maybe you could just, instead of scoring a goal, pass the ball to someone else and let them score a goal. Thank you, I don't need that. You don't need that. Thank you very much. Well done, well done. Good, we're gonna finish with uh, uh, him now. I am old school, I'm, I'm fuddy-duddy, and when they bring out a new tune to an old hymn, I get really grumpy about it. <clears throat> Why do they have to mess around? If it was good enough for Wesley, it's good enough for me. You know? um, but actually, this last hymn that we're going to sing, Amazing Grace, they have changed it, and I, I actually really love it, because it takes it to another level, and it speaks of God's grace to us and how our chains fill off, fall off. He releases us and he blesses us. And isn't that a good thing to go out into the coming week with? That lovely, don't look so grumpy. It's a lovely thought, smile about it, be happy. We have God's amazing grace to go out into the coming week. So we stand and sing, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And it's got the chorus, my chains fell.
want to thank uh, folks who've helped to make this service happen, so Ursula for her word. Sue, bless her, she played for the first service and the second, and I think that deserves, thank you Sue. We really appreciate going the second mile, literally, for us. Lovely. Uh, for the wardens and Aidan and for Ian and Joan who uh, looked after the children. Thank you to them. Well, a week stretches out before us. Um, I don't know what you've got in your diary. Maybe you're going to the dentist. I don't know, something. But there might be other good things as well. But there's also the unexpected. But whatever's in the week ahead, we know that we will need God's help. And so let's bless one another as we share in the words of the grace together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.